Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. This is Dave Davies on Webcology. I am normally joined uh, by my genial co-host, Mr. Jim Hedger from metamen.com. Unfortunately, uh, Jim is uh, unavailable. Uh, Much much love going out to him. He is currently in Toronto uh, at a funeral for his grandmother, so best wishes going out to Jim. Uh, Nonetheless, the show must go on, and we have a great show today. We're going to be launching our series of 10 uh, very specific shows. Uh, that are going to coincide with a uh, an article series coming out by, uh, again, myself, Dave Davies from Beanstalk-Inc.com, Jim Hedger from Metamen.com, and we're going to have a bunch of guest authors and guest uh, sort of quasi-co-hosts here on the show as we do a 10-part series uh, on optimizing uh, for the major search engine. So today... Uh, we're going to start with stage one, that is keyword research, and if you want to access the article that goes along with it, you can do so at webpronews.com, right off their homepage. Uh, and today for keyword research, we're going to be joined by Ken McGavin from Word Tracker, Richard Stokes from adguru.com, uh, as well as Curtis Jewick from EPR, a uh, SEO consulting firm specializing in keyword research. Uh, and first, we're going to be launching in with Ken McGavin from Word Trackers. And Ken, are you with us today? Uh, yes, I am, Dave. Good to talk to you. All right. It's great to talk to you, too, and thank you very much for uh, making time for us in your, in your busy schedule. Um, I know we've got, a, we've got a big show here that we're covering with a, with a lot of guests, and we're really happy to be starting out with, uh, with you. We're focusing, obviously, on keyword research. Um, and I'm just going to jump right in here. Uh, I know a lot of our listeners are going to be familiar with Word Tracker, of course. Um, you know, we've all heard about it. But can you just give us maybe a quick summary? What does it what does it do uh, when when people are launching into their keyword research? Well, what key, uh, what Word Tracker does is allow people to research the main keywords in their marketplace or in their niche. So, no matter what your niche, no matter what business so that you're in, using Word Tracker, you can very quickly find the sorts of words that people use when they're searching for your products. Now, obviously, the benefit of that is if you know the words that people use, um, then you understand better what they're looking for. And, of course, you can then write content around those words. And hopefully, if you've done everything well, um, then your pages uh, will come up top in the uh, search engine results. Now, there's a, a number of, of tools out there, obviously, a keyword discovery overture for, for a free one, each with their, with their pros and cons, and my personal feelings on, on some severe limitations in, in the uh, Yahoo search marketing data. Um, but what's the big difference um, with Word Tracker? Why would somebody go for one of the, well, it's a, it's a paid subscription model and, and quite a reasonable place, I should say, and, and one of the only ones, uh, something I do really like about it is you offer a variety of different terms from a day to a year. Um, but what makes it different than, say, Overture or different than Keyword Discovery um, that sort of brings it ahead of the pack? Well, I, I think part of the reason that, that is the unique way that we collect the information. So the information that we get 
are is directly from the behavior of people online. So that's real people making real searches. So we get the information from Metacrawler um, search engines. And what we do is then filter out any repetitive queries, etc., etc. And that means that every day we collect something like 3 million clean keyword terms that we would be very confident represent a lot of what people are searching for online. So first of all, it's, it's the, the depth of that information. And secondly, it's the way that we protect the information so that we get rid of spam, we get rid of uh, robotic queries, we get rid of noise that can sometimes skew keyword count figures. Now, you, I noticed your tool, and, and you know, getting into one of the severe limitations, and, and something I would like to warn our, our listeners here today about, uh, who may be relying on the Overture data or, or Yahoo Search marketing data. Um, it doesn't tend to differentiate in most cases, singular, plural, misspellings. Um, yours does um, do that. Now, yes. do you have any advice for some people, and, and something that I've hit from time to time, where I may not know um, what some of the common misspellings are? Um, you know, I know one of the big ones that I've, I've seen through, through the years is uh, the misspelling of the word accommodations uh, with just a single M. In some cases, it's used more. Are there any tips you might have uh, for people on ways to search for common misspellings that because they spell properly, they may not know. Um, in your experience, have you encountered any little tips that you can lend to people? Uh, well, you're, you're exactly right. It's great to understand um, um, the misspellings that people make. But one of the, the, the ways that I do it, you mentioned the word accommodation. Uh, I had a friend in Belfast who ran a hotel, um, and he put up a website, and about six months later, he finally came, I can't be found on Google at all. What on earth is happening? Would you take a, a, a look at my website for me? And I looked at his website, and what had happened was his web designer had misspelled accommodation on every single page in the website, and therefore he couldn't be found at all. So one of the very first tips is to do a search on Google for the most misspelt words in the English language. And uh, you'll find a very useful um, little website that will tell you all of that. So that's great free information, and it's very important to realize that. So if there are words that are, that are misspelled, just keep an eye on them in your own web copy. So that's if you're writing your own web copy. If you've been looking for misspellings, I think you've got to be a little bit careful. Um, uh, while we don't know exactly what Google does, but um, I have heard people say and feel that from their experience, Google uh, might punish them um, if they're using um, deliberate misspellings in the web copy. Of course, there are ways to get around that. Um, for instance, some um, um, gardening firms, for instance, when they're using the Latin term, you can often find that misspellings themselves are more popular than the correct spelling. So it really depends on the situation that you're in. What we would advise people to do is understand it, do the research, and again, um, if you click the um, uh, misspelling uh, box in our tool, you'll get misspellings included um, 
in your uh, results. Perfect. Now, now getting actually, uh, and now getting to your tool, there's there's one feature, and of course I've I've used it many times. Um, there's one feature that we all see when we get there. It's called the KEI analysis, and that's not specific yes. to your tool, but it's it's certainly prevalent in some of the final stages of the keyword research. Um, quite a debate in the SEO community that sparks up from time to time on is it relevant, is it not. Uh, personally, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I get it for people who are just who have no idea how to even figure out competition. That it's it's probably useful. What are your feelings on uh, the KEI analysis? Are there things about Word Tracker's KEI analysis that you can tell us? I know part of it will be you know the the kernels, eleven herbs and spices, but um, are, are there things in there that that we should know that might make us appreciate uh, the number a little more than maybe some SEOs do? Right. Well, I, 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 I think there are uh, a number of things there. One of the things when you're evaluating a keyword is that there are many factors that you might want to look at. You might want to look at this popularity, the overall count. Uh, you might want to look at competing pages, and you might want to look at KEI. Um, the choice is up to yourself. What our tool does is provide you with um, those different choices, and it's really up to people themselves what they decide to do. Now, SEOs, some of the SEOs are, are, are certainly uh, don't use KEI, and that's absolutely fine because um, they get the, the results that they want from the tool. But for somebody starting off, um, KEI can be very useful because what KEI does is it's a, a mathematical formula that matches um, the popularity of a term, the number of times that people search for it, with the number of competing pages. So the trick is to pick keywords that have got a high KEI. So in other words, they're very popular, but there's not, not that many pages um, competing. Now, that's the, very much the first step. And often that's where people stop, and I think that's a mistake. Because no matter what website you're doing, yes, you can have niche, niche words or, or niche words, if that's the correct pronunciation over there. Um, but um, um, you, so, so you, can, you can, sorry, I, I've just lost my thread there. Let me say that again. So what you can do is look for high KEI words almost to start off with. But then you've really got to expand your keywords into the hard-to-compete terms. So if I'm finding, um, if I'm selling chocolate, for instance, I might find that chocolate gifts is really quite a competitive term. Um, so I'm not immediately able to compete for it. But perhaps I'm able to compete for a term like gourmet chocolate gifts, and I can have some early success with that. But of course, what I want to do as I continually add content, as I continually buy, get, get links, as I continually um, use more keyword-rich pages, I'm hoping that my overall uh, performance on the hard keywords will improve. You know, I, I have to jump in and give you a big, a big thank you because you've segued to my next question uh, just beautifully. 
Um, you've touched on something that, that we uh, have discussed actually in an article that, that came out uh, just earlier today to, to sort of coincide with this show, um, where you're discussing sort of the staging, uh, or I refer to it as sort of the staging of keywords, where you're going for something less competitive, easier to get, that sort of complements your long-term goals. Um, and, of course, I've also taken a look at how you folks have done for yourself. Of course, you're, you're doing heroically well. Um, and just wanted to know, like you, you tend to rank well organically. Um, you tend to yes. rank well. You know, I, I know I've seen you through a lot of the, the PPC results as well. Mm-hmm. Um, something that we're going to be focusing on or, you know, later in the show and, and that I certainly want to cover with you as well because you have obviously some great experience in this area is what is the difference? Um, when you're doing your keyword research for pay-per-click, there are obviously significant differences than when you're doing your keywords for organic. Um, I have my own take on it, but I'd be very interested to hear how you folks differentiate between the two types of keyword research. Right, that's a, that's a very good question. I think one of the things that you will want to do is you want to score well on both sets of terms, both organically and on PPC. Now, what we would be looking for, and let's let's maybe give you a, a, a simple example. Let's suppose you sell um, digital cameras online. Um, you might be very interested in the term digital camera, and you might also be interested in the term digital photography. Now, what you'll find is both of those terms are very, very popular, but digital camera is twice as popular as digital photography. But the thing to really look at is what's the intent? What what does the customer want to achieve when they do a search like that? If I search for digital camera, it's probably very likely that I'm looking to buy a digital camera. If I'm searching for digital photography, it's probably very likely that I'm looking to learn more about digital photography or improve my skills. So that would give me some hints that what I should do is organically optimize for digital photography because people will likely be looking for good content around that. And I might decide that for my pay-per-click campaign, what I'm after is the instant money terms that are going to turn into sales. So one of the ways to differentiate between keywords is to look at the intent and try to think what the customer is thinking thinking about um, when they're searching. So again, I think keyword research is not only tricks or help in terms of moving up the search engines, but it's real good information about customer behavior. And I think one of the things that we've got to do is take a good marketing look at it and think, what does it tell us about the customer? What does it tell us about what they're looking for? And then after that, have a balance between both um, organic searches and PPC. The great thing about PPC is that the results are instantaneous. So if I'm doing, um, uh, let's suppose I've, I've just identified a new niche with my research. What I will want to do is test, yeah, that might be very popular, um, but to rank organically from it, I'm going to have to put a lot of work in terms of building the content. 
So it's a very good idea to do a little test PPC campaign uh, with a landing page and an offer. And then I can test what's the likelihood um, of people who use that search term converting to sales. So again, that's another piece of information. So I suppose there's no easy formula. We all have to struggle with it, Dave. <laughs> Me as well, in terms of wondering what those customers really want. And you know what? That's one of the things that I love about it, because every day there's a surprise, and every day you find, goodness gracious, why did that happen? So one of the things that I would say to people, and particularly people who are a little bit puzzled by all of this um, uh, and wonder what they should do, is start by doing something and then look at your results. Look at the results you're getting in your traffic. Look at the sales that you're getting and build on your own knowledge. And you know what? Search engine optimization, as you know, is a long-term business. And you've really got to put that time and effort in. Well, that's, that is phenomenal, uh, phenomenal advice, and uh, I, I love that you touched on the use of, you know, pay-per-click and maybe going in there before launching into, a, into an organic where, you know, you've got time and, and a, a ton of effort and, you know, link building and all these sorts of things, and you get some instant results, you can get some instant, you know, data. Uh, from the pay-per-click, but um, I'm now being messaged from the booth that I'm going to start getting beatings from them if I don't uh, don't help them pay some bills here <laughs> in, uh, in just a minute. Um, so, unfortunately, I I think I'd love to have you on the on the show again. It's been very interesting, and I have tons more questions to ask. But uh, you know, we've got to we've got to get on. So, um, I'd just like to, to thank you. That was Ken McGaffin from Word Tracker, uh, one of the top keyword research uh, tools on the internet now. And we're off to pay some bills, but we will be back uh, on Webcology. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. FriendFinder. FriendFinder. The world's largest online dating network featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With FriendFinder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. Um, hello, uh, welcome to our website. Website traffic isn't about paying for clicks. Okay, so I guess we're going to wait until everyone shows up and then we'll... Uh, um... It's about having the right content. So while you're searching for more traffic, the folks at InfoSearch Media are creating the content people are searching for. With InfoSearch Media, you can get more traffic for less money than PPC. So the next time you need to speak to your customers... Welcome to our website. They're already searching for you. InfoSearch Media. Get content that really clicks. Hey, what are you reading? Revenue Magazine. It keeps me up to date on everything in performance marketing. Yeah, I get all my information online. <laughs> I don't see a computer next to your boogie board there. Well, I've got a regular magazine here. <laughs> Revenue Magazine is the only hard copy magazine that covers affiliate marketing techniques, search technologies, online fraud prevention, and interactive advertising, branding, and marketing. My magazine's got pictures. Revenue Magazine has everything for online marketers, affiliates, merchants, agencies, and networks. And you can read previous issues, blogs, and more at RevenueToday.com. Wow, mine's got a centerfold. Revenue Magazine, the performance marketing standard. For more information, go to revenuetoday.com. 
Business is changing, and new marketing avenues are opening up every day. WebmasterRadio.fm wants to give you the market edge. Join host Larry Weber as he speaks to the innovators and trendsetters who are taking us to a new age of social media, e-communities, and the blogosphere. Market Edge with Larry Weber, Tuesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and on demand after the show inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Find Webmaster Radio now on Facebook, MySpace, and Twitter. Add us today from the WebmasterRadio.fm homepage. Commercial's off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Well, welcome back. We are here now with Richard Stokes from AdGuru, a keyword tracking and, uh, and research tool that I have had the... Uh, Good pleasure to have a chance to uh, play with quite a bit. Um, Richard, thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm just going to jump right in here. I, I've, I've had a chance, and, and uh, you were kind enough to kind of take me through uh, the, the program itself. Um, some really, really interesting things. So I just want to jump in here uh, so that we okay. don't, uh, don't run out of time. Um, well, I guess I'll let you explain first. What are some of the big differences between this system? And, and here we'll, we'll try, because your, your program does so many different things, um, let's try and keep it down to the things related to the keyword research and, and sort of discovery phase of things. And, and what differentiates um, your products from some of the other competitors, keyword discovery, word tracker, and, and the rest? Sure, sure, okay. Well, I guess uh, before I go into what's different, I'll, I'll tell you what I tell all of our customers. I tell all of them to start with a few basic tools. I recommend that pretty much everyone starts with the Google Keyword Research Tool and then Word Tracker. Then if they're serious, I advise them to invest in at least one commercial tool uh, such as ours. Now, most of these are panel-based tools. So by that, I mean they get their keywords from an anonymous panel of Internet users, usually through browser toolbars or by sniffing ISP traffic. Uh, this approach is bad, but it suffers a little bit from the law of averages. So it, you know, if you're in the travel industry, for instance, and a lot of people search for the term Las Vegas, well, that term's going to show up even if it's not making anybody any money. Uh, so you tend to get high-traffic terms that cost a lot but don't necessarily generate sales. So that's where we're a little bit different. We start by finding all of your top competitors, and then we cross-reference them in our database to find every keyword where we've seen their ads. So this is a really powerful approach because it results in a list of keywords which have been researched by your competitors. And after all, those are the experts in your industry. So what's more, these keywords are proven money makers. Uh, if they weren't, your competitors would stop advertising in them. You know what? That's a, that's a very valid point. And actually, the, the article that this show coincides with, I, I actually didn't place you directly in the keyword research, but put you almost more in the, well, it wasn't keyword research, but in the um, sort of watching what your competitors are doing uh, sort of phase of things, which is you know entirely well, imitation. It's a serious form of flattery, so your competitors can be happy that you're doing that. Um, now, one thing that I noticed in there as well, uh, and I think is, is absolutely brilliant, there's obviously some huge differences between PPC and organic, um, how you're going to be doing it, what your competitors are doing, what they're ranking for. Um, and in here, you've actually separated some of the tracking tools and, and some of the research abilities. Um, do you maybe want to take us a little bit through, um, well, for right now, just the differences that would be inherent, and, and maybe in a little bit we can get into um, or inherent in your in your program, and then in a little bit we can get into the differences in why we would by necessity need these things to be different. Okay, sure. Well, 
you know, with our with our PPC, uh, PPC keyword research tool, we take the approach that we just we just told you about. We look at their ads um, and then return those. Now, ads have a definitely a different demographic, so that's where that split comes in. Uh, with the organic keyword research, this is very interesting. Um, what we do is we start by ranking the keywords that you tell us to. So we track those, uh, you know, and you get sort of your, your standard typical organic ranking tool built in. Um, now, if there's a checkbox on that report. If you click that, it will also include all of the other keywords that you may be ranking for that you don't necessarily know about. Um, and that's a heck of a lot of keywords on Google. Um, now, what's really cool about that is not in the Express product, but if you go up to our higher-end uh, SAM Insight product, which is really meant for professionals, um, you can run that same report for any one of your competitors. So this allows you to find potentially you know, hundreds or even thousands of organic keyword phrases your competitors are ranking for that you didn't necessarily know about. You know what? That's funny because as, as you were speaking, I was drawing down my next question because I thought it was great then by the end. Um, you had answered it, uh, which was, how do you find the keywords you don't rank for? It's all well and good to find the ones that you, you do, but of course you're already ranking for them, so your logs will tell you that. Um, but you, you thankfully answered that question uh, ahead of time and a very important uh, point to note. Um, now, what are some of the inherent differences then um, that you've seen in regards to the way people should approach um, keyword research when they're looking at a pay-per-click campaign versus a... Um, organic campaign? Well, I think the differences are pretty subtle. Um, I mean, you, you may disagree. Uh, you may agree. What I tend to find is that there's a dim different demographic for those keywords. Um, you know, old-time Internet users tend to shy away from clicking on the, on the ads. Uh, they tend to search a little harder for the results, you know, uh, if you're like me, you, you think back to the old Alta Vista days or the Yahoo days where you had to search through 10 pages to find the one site that you were really looking for. Um, and I think you know, some of those old guys are a little more accustomed to that. really doesn't seem to be the, the case anymore, um, but there's still division. So what we find is our research has shown that uh, new Internet users and uh, women actually tend to click on the ads more than men, uh, whereas men tend to go through the, the organic results. So as a result, you're actually going to find a different skew um, in the keywords, and that plays out in how you target those keywords and what your landing pages look like. That's a very, very interesting point. Um, something I guess a, a lot of our listeners are, go, are going to be some of the some people with a little less experience um, heading in. So something that I'm trying to ask all of the guests that we're going to have on in keyword research and, and that I've tried to educate on in the article as well is. Um, how would you approach it, assuming you're new, you've got a pretty new site, what would your approach be uh, in, in launching into your keyword research? Uh, it's funny you say that. I've just updated our chapter uh, on keyword research and starting off your campaign uh, in our ebook on the site. Um, there's actually a pretty, pretty sophisticated approach that we use. Um, we use something called a customer behavior lifecycle. And the theory is, is you know, it's a long... Uh, uh, academic phrase for a pretty simple theory, and that is you can somewhat predict what people are going to do based on the keyword that they're typing in. So the easy way of implementing that is you think in terms of three buckets. You have your browse bucket, you've got your shop bucket, and you've got your buy bucket. Now those broad keyword phrases that everybody 
you know, knows about it, and it generates tremendous amount of uh, clicks, such as like coupon or travel or spyware or antivirus, things like that. Those are browse keywords. They're a little harder to figure out what people are looking for because people are looking for everything under the sun. Um, you get in the shop keywords, and that's where people are really looking to identify their options, their product options. So, for instance, uh, you know, if we were to explore that travel category a little bit, they might be thinking uh, uh, cheap flights, Las Vegas would be a good sh- uh, uh, shopping keyword, or you know, maybe uh, uh, best plasma TV reviews. And then finally, that, that buy keyword bucket, that contains a really specific, and they tend to be longer keyword phrases. So you know, something like a, a Panasonic DVR 3000 42-inch plasma TV buy or cheap price. Um, things that you know people are just really looking to make a purchase for. So when I tell people to do their keyword research, um, I go a lot farther than saying just generate as many keywords as possible. I advise people to take a systematic approach, set those keywords down, categorize them by related terms, and then assign each one to one of those buckets. And then based on those buckets, you have a really good idea uh, of what your ad copy should look like, and you also know that you're going to be able to set your bids higher for those bid terms versus those browse terms. Does that make sense? That does make sense. Now, something uh, where you know it, it actually be covered a lot more in, in a, a future show as, as part of this series, but you've touched on it here, and I think it's really important. Um, I've seen, and I'm sure you have too, and, and probably many of our listeners have either burnt through endless streams of cash or watched people burn through endless streams of cash on pay-per-click engines. So, um, you know, you don't just want to dump in every keyword you can think of and, and just, you know, max out your max out your bids to sit at number one for all of these things. Um, I know your, your tools provide some resources to take a look at what your competitors um, are doing in regards to their ad copy. So, great, we can, we can take a look at uh, what some of the, the leaders ahead of you have been doing. Um, but what would you provide or, or what tools would you recommend for actually tracking that PPC campaign, figuring out what is working, which phrases are converting, so we can decide which bucket um, to put things in? Well, for most people, I'd say uh, Google Analytics is a great free tool, um, and it can do just a tremendous amount of work along those lines for you in terms of just tracking the effectiveness of these keywords. Um, so I, I can actually illustrate this with a, with a great example because this just happened to us. Uh, we do a lot of advertising uh, on the phrase keyword. So, uh, you know, somebody might type in keywords for dentists, for instance, and they find us. Now, we spend a lot of money on AdWords. Um, it used to be a lot more, though. And the reason for that was we found that people were typing in uh, keyword quite a bit or keywords. Now, when we looked at our campaign logs and we looked at that in Google Analytics, uh, we found that they mixed into that term. Most of those people were programmers, and they were looking for uh, excluded keywords or reserved keywords for Java. So we found that we were able to eliminate uh, about 95% of the cost for that, for that keyword by including the negative match term Java. So in essence, what happened was we dropped our overall campaign spend with that one negative term by 60%, and our sales stayed the same. Wow. That is quite a difference. 
Yeah. And is this a sort of experience that you're bringing that you, you touched on just uh, just a couple minutes ago um, that you folks have, well, that you were working on an ebook uh, on, on updating it? Um, how much is this ebook? Where is it available? And if you can give us a sort of overview of what's in it, is this a resource that uh, that our listeners maybe should uh, should check out? Absolutely, absolutely. So the ebook's called "The Six Secrets of Successful Search Marketers." Uh, uh, quite a quite a thing to say there. Um, and it can be found on our site. And the ebook is forty nine dollars. Now, this is not necessarily a basic book on AdWords. Uh, what we did. And what inspired this ebook was a study that we did in December. Um, and in this study, we wanted to see how fair search marketing is. And that's an interesting question when you think about how fair is search marketing. All the rules are out there for everybody to see, and the knowledge is out there for anybody to get. Yet, we were really surprised to find out that fewer than 3% of all the advertisers on Google were dominating all the search results. So in category after category, virtually every industry and every vertical that we looked at, it was 3% or less, um, and usually it was less than 2%. And so we wanted to know what these advertisers were doing different. So we found that out. Uh, we interviewed a lot of people and found the best practices and what, what was working and what wasn't, and we wrote that up in an ebook. Um, now, the ebook is intended to sort of guide novice marketers down this road. But the things that we find are not necessarily uh, novice techniques. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes perfect sense. Um, no, oh, sorry. No, no, go right ahead. Okay, perfect. I'm actually I'm getting uh, getting alerted from the uh, from the booth here that uh, I know we've got one more guest coming up, and I'm I'm actually already five minutes over, but they were kind enough to give me a, <laughs> a bit of extra time today. Um, so unfortunately, we have got to go and uh, and pay some bills with a with a commercial break. Um, but Richard, I'd like to to thank you very much, and to all of our listeners, give it a check. It's adguru g o o r o o dot com. Uh, very interesting tool, and uh, they offer a free trial, so there's certainly uh, certainly no harm in visiting the site. Um, Richard, thanks once again for joining us today. You've uh, it's been a great education, and we will be back with Curtis Duick from EPR. Thank you. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998 and formerly known as Joe Bucks, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Welcome to our website. Website traffic isn't about paying for clicks. Okay, so I guess we're going to wait until everyone shows up and then we'll... Uh, um... It's about having the right content. So while you're searching for more traffic, the folks at InfoSearch Media are creating the content people are searching for. With InfoSearch Media, you can get more traffic for less money than PPC. So the next time you need to speak to your customers... Welcome to our website. <laughs> Searching for you. Info Search Media. Get content that really clicks. Can you believe how long it takes to order food here? Well, here we go. Excuse me. 
She's not even looking over here. Great service is hard to come by. Whether you're sitting at a bar, restaurant, or creating effective search advertising campaigns. Um, excuse me. I think we need to go somewhere else. It's easy to feel forgotten, especially when your advertising budget is on the line. LookSmart serves up to 400 million queries a day on the side of the best customer service in the online advertising industry. Hi, how are y'all doing today? What can I get you folks to eat? You're right. This place is so much better. LookSmart, premium and performance advertising solutions. The Shoe Money Show. With me today is the CEO of Azugal Ads, Mr. Don Mathis. You always hear people wondering about how to be accepted into Azugal Ads. Talk about what you guys look for when accepting affiliates. We have a reputation for always putting the affiliates first, and we've tried to live up to that as much as we can. At the same time, you've got the challenge of making sure that the affiliates that you do admit adhere to a standard which is just going to make your advertisers happy. The Shoe Money Show. Live broadcast Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. We're on demand anytime inside. The advertising channel only on webmasterradio.fm. Watch out for the vampires. Enter the communications coven that is webmasterradio.fm. Now on Facebook, MySpace, and Twitter. Visit the webmasterradio.fm homepage for all the details. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. This is uh, Dave Davies. Unfortunately, we're missing Jim Hedger today, but we do have with us Curtis Jewick from EPR. Curtis, are you on the line with us? I am on the line. How are you doing, Dave? I'm doing just great. Uh, not as good as you. Uh, do you want to tell your uh, or tell our listeners why I'm incredibly jealous of you? Where are you uh, connecting to us from here right now? Well, you know, I've got an incredibly difficult decision to make, and that is whether I should swim in the Atlantic, which is about 70 meters away, or the Gulf of Mexico, which is about, oh, 200 <laughs> meters away, or the swimming pool, which is closer. So, uh, no, I'm down at our southern office. The EPR has an office down in the Caribbean. Uh, this is where most of our research and development happens, and so I'm uh, working from here right now. Oh. Incredibly jealous, incredibly jealous. Um, but, but let's launch in with, uh, with the, the harder questions other than where to go swimming and, uh, and probably what to, where to grab a drink afterwards. Um, keyword research. Now, you folks at FER, obviously, uh, I know you've spoken on it at many events. This is, uh, you do many things, I'm sure, and do them well, but this is the one, the, the cornerstone, uh, from what I understand, of, of what you folks specialize in. Um, so, but let's go, rather than getting it, you know, I know there's some 11 herbs and spices and, and some things that you folks do. What can somebody coming into this market, either brand new, you know, sort of a new site, uh, little experience in really what to even do, what to look for, they just know that they sell widgets. What, what, what should they do uh, to, to try and maximize their keyword research? Yeah, sure. I, I think that one of the one of the most important things for anyone to to keep in mind when they start coming into keyword research is to um, is, is to keep focused on the questions that matter and not to get distracted by things that you know their business could do or or you know oh that keyword has a high number in whatever category or statistic you might be looking at at the moment, but but rather to to take the approach of honesty uh, combined with thoroughness. And to find, um, I, I guess, first find out what the market is even asking for. Um, and then secondly, after you've uh, answered the first question uh, as thoroughly as you are able to do, 
at that point, then to start thinking about how you respond to it. Um, I, what I find is that a lot of people that are new into keyword research, they'll, uh, you know, they'll open up their first tool or their second tool, and a half hour later they've completely changed their business, and you know, a half hour later it'll change in a different direction. So um, I guess, yeah, first of all, to understand what the market is and to then contemplate, well, how do we respond to this? Now, that might take one of two major responses. The one response is you know, keep your business the way that it was before you opened up your first uh, keyword research tool and simply find ways of describing what you do um, in a way that, that matches the market demand. So, you know, suppose you, are, uh, you, know, you sell hot drinks and you sell coffee. Uh, you know, f find the phrases that, that respond to coffee sales online because I know that's a booming market. Uh, you know, but find the phrases that are actually being searched that can uh, help deliver traffic into your site. And then secondly, um, you know, look at the numbers and, and ask yourself, you know, are there opportunities that our business should consider working towards that we're currently not working on based on the keyword research which, uh, you know, which is showing us we might have a, a real gold mine in this other area. But uh, you know, really to keep those steps all separate, uh, you know, first find out what the market wants, Secondly, describe what you're doing in, in, in language that you want to use, in other words, language that most likely your customers are using. And then thirdly, contemplate um, new directions. Now, I, you, you sort of hit on a, hit on, or touched on a tone there that I, I would like to, to sort of delve into a little deeper. How do you find those things? Like you mentioned, use the terms that your customers use. Um, well, of course, Everybody understands themselves better. I understand, you know, the, the geeky terms that I might use. How do you try and help your clients or yourselves um, drill down to understanding what the client is going to search for and that they might be searching for something in a totally different fashion than you would? Sure. Um, I, I guess uh, the, the process is different for every single project, and so if, if there was a nice easy list of, of the five things that you need to do, I'm sure that it would have been published already. And so to a certain extent, every project, you need to go into it, into it with an open mind, look for as many data sources as you feel will be relevant to your topic, and then simply look through it, th look through these, uh, these sources, whether they are you know, competition indexes, uh, such as a KEI, or search frequencies. Uh, from any one of a number of, of, of data sources or, you know, the bid price within pay-per-click bids or there are a variety of other places where you can look for information online that helps you gain an understanding of the, the current state of, of your given market, um, both in terms of what people are looking for as well as what people are currently publishing on. So check out other websites. Look at, at the terms that competitors are using and, and not just two or three competitors, but but literally every single one of them, and, and try to figure out where the opportunities are. In other words, where there's an imbalance between search. So maybe a lot of people are searching for, uh, you know, for a given widget using certain adjectives or, or in a certain setting, um, but yet the publishers are showing a different imbalance so that maybe most of the publishers are dealing with a different sort of imbalance and, and simply become aware of where all the cards are and then come up with a strategy afterwards. Now, you mentioned PPC, and I know a lot of people um, do tend to put a lot of weight on, on two things, really, when they're doing their keyword research. One is search numbers. You can't blame us. You know, people bigger is better, right? 
Um, and then on the other side, people take a look at what is the value in pay-per-click, which things are being bid higher in pay-per-click. Well, then those must be um, you know, the most valuable phrases for us to target. In your experience, is this accurate? Are these two measurements entirely accurate, or is there, is there something else that maybe people should be taking a look at or considering when they're, when they're really considering their keyword phrases? Boy, you know, it, it's, a, it's a great question, and um, I think that, uh, you know, looking at the keyword, uh, the search frequencies, that would be the first place that I look in, in each project to figure out um, how often, uh, you know, the market, whether it's a commercial market or a non, in a nonprofit sector, uh, you know, in, in what direction they are searching. Looking at bid prices, um, that can help you uh, show where your competition is, but, but that doesn't necessarily mean that your competition knows everything. And so following what your competition is, is bidding for and with which longer tail variations, yes, to a certain extent, it shows where they have been successful, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it shows where you are going to be successful. And so I would view the pay-per-click data as sort of a second-tier second form of information, whereas the search frequencies would be a first-tier in the sense that, um, that the marketers, uh, or sorry, like following the pay-per-click data is already one step removed from, from the market. Now, I, I think that, as I've said earlier, you need to look at as many data sources as possible. And so, um, so I encourage looking at all of these different data sources. But, but to me, looking at the search frequencies and, and then the nature of the language within those search frequencies. And, I mean, that's a loaded sentence, the nature of the language. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's basically a linguistic study. And you look through, um, you know, a, a few hundred uh, phrases, or if you've got the time or the tools, um, you know, you look through, uh, you know, a million or more phrases, and you, you really figure out, um, you know, what is the nature of this demand? Because the better you understand who you're trying to reach, um, in every detail, the better you're going to end up reaching them. Now, you touched on data sources there, and, and a valid point, by the way, but um, you were touching on data sources pulling in from many data sources. Obviously, there's a, a wide array of tools out there. I know you folks, well, you're, you're with your developers right now. You, you have some proprietary ones. Of the ones that our listeners could, could go out and, and use, are there specific tools you found to work better? Are there tools you'd recommend for somebody new in that's easy to understand and provides fairly accurate information? Sure. Um, I, my first recommendation would be to use, there's a free tool through WordTracker, where, uh, keeping in, in the, along with the theme of WordTracker today, um, where there, there's a, a free 100 uh, set of results that they'll give back on any different keyword. And uh, I know Trellian has, uh, has a similar service where I believe that you get, uh, is it 10 or, or is it more, basically free results that you can begin to look around at different uh, keyword search frequencies. Um, now, t to me, actually, the, the tool question is not the most important question, but, but rather the question is, you know, how do you interpret the data and how do you start to make sense of it? Because uh, to a certain extent, our experience has shown that um, the different data sources, they can have wildly different numbers from one data source to another. And so we've looked at ways of trying to, I guess, uh, you know, iron out those wrinkles. But if you, if you take the approach of a forest versus looking at individual trees, in other words, if you, if you take the approach of looking at 100 phrases rather than looking at, you know, two or three from within the list of 100, 
And if you, if you try to understand the character of, of what people are asking for, which is broader than any single data point, that's where the insight starts to come. And, and what I find is that whether you're using you know, tool one or tool two or tool three, whichever tool you may have recommended or stumbled onto, um, if you take the forest approach, the insight from many of these tools is actually extremely similar. Okay, I'm, I'm, and thank you for that. Was a, a great explanation. Um, I'm getting noted from the booth that I have to close up, but there's one question I've I've got to ask when when we've got somebody with uh, <laughs> with your guys' experience here in this area. Um, you know, obviously, as an SEO, we get new sites, we get aged sites. You must see the same where you see you're seeing new sites, you're seeing aged sites. Obviously, there's entirely different capabilities of what these sites are going to rank for in any reasonable period of time. What approach? What differences would there be in your approach um, when you're dealing with a newer site versus uh, one that might be a few years old? Uh, you know, I think the principles are very similar. Um, build build great content that other people want to promote. In other words, you know, some people call it viral marketing, and, and there's a variety of other names that have been used for this principle over the last several centuries. But but build something great that people want to share with each other. So that some of that natural linking happens on its own, but as your as your site is just coming out of the gate, um, build focused pages that that don't deal with too many topics per page. Maybe only deal with one or two topics on a given page. Make sure that you're using a cloud of keywords and key phrases that are on that topic. So, for instance, if you are dealing with coffee, an example from earlier, talk about hot coffee, black coffee. Use the word Java. Use a variety of different words that are all basically synonyms um, within context, so it's not keyword stuffing, but, but just, just uh, you know, avoid the, the use of words like it and that um, and other, other sort of uh, cheap getaways. And then make sure that you have inbound links pointing to that specific page using those same phrases. And there's a variety of ways that you can build uh, you know, deep links into those pages from a variety of sources, whether it is uh, on other people's properties, uh, through blogs, or um, or whether people, it just sort of happens naturally. But uh, if you start matching, uh, you know, three or four word phrases um, on deep pages with deep links, that's a great way to get your uh, to get your site rolling. I think that is excellent advice, Curtis. That is absolutely excellent advice. Now, unfortunately, we've run out of time. Watch, I have run 21 minutes over, but they were kind enough <laughs> to give me a little delay today. Um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, this was Curtis Jewick from EPR. Also on the show today was Ken McGaffin from Word Tracker and Richard Stokes from AdGuru. Uh, big thanks to all three guests. And as noted, we have tied uh, this, uh, this program and the next nine programs in with articles. They can be found on the Web Pro News homepage uh, on the right-hand side under the expert articles. And uh, thank you to all of our listeners. And join us for uh, part two of the series next week. That will be on uh, competition analysis. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next week, and Jim will be back with us.